This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hello, welcome to this week's edition of your weekly Africa Climate Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Sophie Mbogwa. For the last several weeks, we've been talking about mental health and climate change related disasters such as landslides, flooding and drought. Now, one thing that has come up is a big hindrance to how communities interpret, access and seek mental health is culture. Now, culture is related to mental health and substance use abuse on several different levels. So today, I invited Jane Gitao, a social scientist, to talk about culture and how it impacts our mental health. But before I invite Jen, just a reminder that this episode is part of the ongoing mental health and climate impact series. Now, the mental health and climate impact series has been made possible by a grant from the International Women's Media Foundation's Howard G. Buffet Fund for Women Journalists. Now, Jen, um, in Kenya, we have seen there's a huge mental health uh, burden and i think just a background that may, maybe because we start from last year where we saw the task force on mental health recommend to the government to declare mental health an emergency in kenya yes you remember in the report the task force found that that one in every two kenyans suffer from a mental health yes. condition yes the reason why i have you today on board as a social scientist i wanted us to discuss about culture and understand how does culture contribute? To, is it is it contributing to this huge burden of health um, uh, health burden? And and just not only in Kenya, but probably if we go um, across Sub-Saharan Africa, and just understand to what extent is culture hindering or access or treatment or is it contributing? But I think before we actually get into the nitty gritty, into the depth of it, I just wanted us to start just an introduction, understanding what is culture. Basically, when you're talking about culture, what are we talking about here? Yeah. First of all, what we can talk about culture, it is a lifeblood of uh, a vibrant society mm-hmm. because it gives us a channel to express ourselves in mm-hmm. form of stories, celebrations, entertainment. Mm-hmm. maybe a shared uh, past and a future. Mm. So uh, with through culture, we are able to derive our norms and practices. Mm-hmm. And uh, culture being norms and practices, then it goes ahead then to define mm-hmm. what is acceptable or what is understood within that the particular culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, people who have shared culture then become one common society. Eh? Mm. So in the event that uh, then there is deviation from the defined uh, norms and uh, values and the practices, mm-hmm. then anyone who is uh, in deviance then is seen to be out of uh, you, you know out of the set standards, mm-hmm. and uh, because being out is uh, actually expressed in form of behavior, mm-hmm. then you see that person behaving uniquely or actually using the 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 common terminology is that that person is behaving abnormally mm-hmm. because the definition of that behavior is in the context of that particular culture and the society mm-hmm. that is prescribing to that culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hope that is now giving us a set eh, or yes. some starting point. Eh? Yes, absolutely. Uh, with that understanding, 
then how does it yes. marry up with mental health? Let's uh, also uh, delve deeper and say mm -hmm. that uh, culture enables us to develop a sense of belonging. Belonging, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. So the minute that there is a deviance in that, uh, from that culture, mm -hmm. from the individual that is uh, maybe deviating, mm -hmm. in the first place you see they are losing the sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. One element of psychological well-being is that feeling of a, a sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. So, so now when we come to thinking about mental health, mm -hmm. incidentally, also mental health is defined in a number of perspectives. Mm -hmm. First of all, it is defined uh, at the context of the cultural norms. Mm -hmm. So we are still going back to that to culture. Mm -hmm. So, so it is defined in terms of how unusual the behavior is from the norms mm -hmm. of that culture. That culture. Mm -hmm. So we start from that point. Mm -hmm. If you find somebody who is behaving differently from the norms of that culture, mm -hmm. we start the first point of definition of mm -hmm. an abnormality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which again, uh, we also look at how usual is that behavior. Because you, you know we are operating within a standard scope mm -hmm. of that culture. Yeah, of that culture. So yes. if that behavior comes, then it is unusual. How unusual is that? So that is also a criteria of defining abnormality. Okay. Then uh, we also talk about uh, abnormal behavior uh, in the scope of now mental illness. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. So now, now you are start, we are starting to. To, come, to, to get to connect, eh? mm. this, uh, you are behaving abnormally, that is out of the context of our culture, mm -hmm. so then there, there are chances that, then that this is a mental, a mental illness. A, a mental illness. Mm -hmm. But before we conclude that, mm -hmm. uh, for, for me, and especially when I'm uh, also talking like a psychological counselor, mm -hmm. It is good to eliminate a few aspects. Okay. Uh, this is a, like a process of uh, now assessing this person who is uh, uh, behaving abnormally. Uh -huh. Where are they coming from? Okay. What is the background? And, and now this becomes like uh, an environmental assessment uh -huh. of the sociological factors. And then lastly, if uh, one is not able to attach or to be able to connect with what is happening, uh -huh. it's now when we use the biological factors. Uh -huh. which could now be a vulnerability that is triggering that abnormal behavior. And, and sometimes, depending on the culture that we are coming from, remember culture also has a, a, a relationship also even to the religious uh, you know, connection, eh? uh -huh. or which religious beliefs that we uphold, we uphold to. Eh? Yeah. So depending on how we interpret that abnormal behavior, Mm -hmm. At times, uh, maybe our culture may, may, may make us interpret like uh, this abnormal behavior probably is uh, running within the family mm -hmm. because we the, our belief system is that uh, this family might have been cast, yeah, mm -hmm. higher. Then may, probably we also go to the religious beliefs, probably we say this, this is a problem in the family. Uh, how are we going to deal with it? It is maybe we want to deal with it from the point of prayers. Mm -hmm. And our different interpretations also now guide us on how we look for help or what we do next after mm -hmm. identifying that abnormal behavior. Yeah. 
because if I am thinking then this is a curse, uh, most likely the next approach will be mm -hmm. I'll look for help through maybe our traditional healers mm -hmm. or even at the extremists now consulting witchcraft. Mm. Can you see how we are connecting? We are building on culture and even how now we look for, for help for this abnormal behavior that have been identified. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Let's look at it from a point of somebody now whose their, their belief system now is in their faith, in mm. their religion. Mm -hmm. So in the where we have identified abnormal behavior within the family, uh, now you look for help through the, the church, through mm. your faith, through prayer, through maybe even doing dedication, presenting that member for, you know, you, mm. you know, prayers by the, you, you know, by, by the, the leaders of the church, mm. the Christians and, and the like. Yeah, that is the reason why probably for the longest time, part of when we were growing up, mental health yes. was not seen as a disease in most cases. You're seen as a child who do not want probably to work or you're seeing a child who has a problem so a pastor would pray for you or that is so you depending on what the family believes in you will yes. seek help depending on what you believe the problem is yes but, uh, now for for those uh, families who are now they have advanced and they have come to appreciate the issue of mental health mm -hmm. now they will interpret it as a you know a nearness like any other mm and now seek help now through the professional route okay can you now be able to see how these things come into interplay mm. different interpretations they are calling for different responses yeah. and seeking for for help yes remember especially where now we are looking at it from a family perspective maybe it is a curse it is running through the family mm. there is the chance of uh, looking at it in terms of uh, a stigma. Mm. This is a shame to the family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that actually we leave even here looking for you. You know, the, yeah. or the professional therapy process. Mm -hmm. I am imagining maybe even that person may get isolated within the family. The family is feeling very embarrassed. Mm. They cannot be able to come up and seek for them. Yeah, for the and proper help. Exactly for the proper treatment. Mm. If we are also looking at it from the religious point of view, depending on how, you know, there are times people do not draw boundaries between thinking the, you know, the traditional beliefs and the, the, the church. Mm. If prayer, prayers again do not work, there are chances that somebody will again relapse to start thinking about it now, in the, you know, in the traditional way of uh, thinking, Sasa, this is this is a curse. Mm. And uh, you see now where they, they will relapse into. Mm, yes, exactly. By the way, it even go, can get to an extreme where actually one is uh, invalidate their faith. Mm -hmm. If God you exist, then this this is something that you would have cured. Mm. If uh, the, the, if this I'm not getting healed from this church or whatever I prescribed, I go to the next. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And, and speaking of that, it, it just brought back memories of when I was growing up because I, I, we had a neighbor's child. And I remember she used to be chained into a tree. And mm -hmm. for the longest time, um, the father he used to work in town. And then the mother was the one who was left with all the children. 
And so this yes. lady had to go work and, and Mary would be changed to a tree, I remember. And for the longest time, I grew up thinking, oh, she was violent. That is all what all of us knew. And for the longest time, she was actually hidden. In few cases, you'd actually find her outside the tree chained there. And at that yes. time, the mother would be probably around somewhere in the shamba and all that. Or when she comes back from when she had gone to seek the barua and stuff, that's when you find Mary was actually chained on the tree. But I'm just, with that yeah. uh, thinking is just, you know, gender roles within our societies, because you find that women are the ones who are left at home to take care of the mm -hmm. children. Women, leave, I mean, men leave for the yes. cities. They will work until come back maybe every weekend or maybe come at the end of the month. But you see, the woman has to take care of all the other children. Food has to be provided right. And the other yes, thing yes. also that you, you, you'd appreciate in most of African culture is that even when a child is seen as upright and i use that in quotes is actually kind of yes. makes the, the father proud but when there's a weaker child yes. in the family she yes. becomes or he becomes the mother's burden a and child if, of the mother yes yes and even if we go to the back to the good book you know looking into the bible i think i think it's somewhere somewhere in the psalms that talks about a wise son bringing joy to his father you know and mm -hmm. a foolish mm -hmm. son bringing mm -hmm. grief to the mother so it, the gender yes. roles that we you know we have uh, within our societies because you understand she doesn't she has there's a lot to be done there's a lot of responsibility yeah. for this woman she has to yes. provide for the other yes. children but there's only one yes. here that i can't carry everywhere i go yes yes does our gender role also impact access and also our interpretation of mental health because I've done everything. I've prayed for her. I've taken her to the past. I've taken her uh, to a traditional healer. She's not getting well and everything. So this is just a cast in the family. But then I don't have the time, you know, and it's your responsibility mm. as a woman. How is gender roles mm. contributing to all mental health issues? Okay, let me take you uh, back just slightly in terms of uh, we, we have uh, focused on defining culture in the sociological perspective. Eh? Mm -hmm. But culture is also very it's complex eh? mm -hmm. because it is also influenced by a range of issues. One of them, the one, the, the one that you are talking about, the gender, the class, religion, language, and nationality. Mm -hmm. So when all these uh, factors interact, they, 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 they play a role in terms of even uh, understanding, managing the mental health. Mental health. Mm -hmm. So you, you can see like now the, the issue of why you are talking about gender. Mm -hmm. Without doing any judgment to that family that you are talking about, eh? you, you, you realize by circumstance because of maybe the economic element where economics and class really are interrelated. Eh? Yeah. Because here we are talking about power, where do you position yourself in terms of resources? Sure. And now, in terms of that position, you can see now the father now has to go with mm. resources sure. and the, 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 the income as the, the, how the head of the household. Mm. And then the, 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 the lady or the, the mother is left taking care of the children. Mm. You, you see now that that is a class setup. Yeah. And given that there is also quite a lot that is required of uh, now the 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 female gender and the roles that she has to undertake, mm -hmm. it, it, it now becomes, uh, you, you know, uh, very much inevitable that now this, this child, the best thing that was for her to do was just to, to contain. Mm. 
Yes, because remember also when we are talking about mental health, we also measure it in terms of the danger mm. to yeah. the self, yeah, to the, the, the self. person who is suffering, and to the society. Sure. Yes. And more so, uh, some things we, we may also need to try and uh, assess. Like, and I'm very passionate about parenting styles because I know also that has, an, has a bearing on the kind of how they grow and develop. Eh? Mm. Uh, at the point of uh, especially early childhood, if there is an imbalance of uh, criticism versus appraisal, mm-hmm. when a child lives in such an environment where there is an imbalance, they cannot tell wh- how to behave because of the extremity of that. Mm-hmm. Actually, that now starts developing some response in the child, yeah. which at the end of the day, when they are growing up, also develops kind of a personality disorder. Mm which is now also uh, described in the when we are talking about mental health yeah okay yes the, the most common dis- disorder that really emerges from that kind of an environment of the parenting mm-hmm. is uh, what we then then the normally common disorder the narcissistic personality disorder npd mm. and uh, it, it, it it is really uh, becomes a very stressful encounter because it also affects the socialization and the future interpersonal relationships. Mm-hmm. So you, you see now, you may not even know whether when somebody gets those the disorders later on in life, you may not be able to tell whether that, that also came from the kind of a background they came from. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Extreme poverty <clears throat> is also something else that uh, leads to that psychological disturbance. Mm-hmm. And depending again on, uh, you remember we said that we also do the, the, the biological assessment of where we look at the vulnerability. Mm-hmm. The, the way we are wired or the kind of uh, uh, genes that we, we actually have, uh, have acquired, mm-hmm. some are strong to be able to overcome, persevere yeah. such extremities in life. Mm-hmm. Others are very vulnerable so that in the same circumstance, in the same environment, you'll find two different outcomes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and at the, at the end of the uh, of the day, the, the in terms of uh, the mental illness, if somebody get, gets an advanced experience, that person with the same uh, household will will have that experience of a mental illness. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and speaking of, of of access issues, when you look at uh, the World Health Organization, um, it estimates mm-hmm. that um, there is actually a growing number of people with mental illness who do not actually receive mental health care and treatment. And, and so they've actually estimated that there's a, um, there's a treatment gap for the low and, and, and middle income countries, and which is actually is as high as 85%. And if you look at the Kenya Health Workforce Report, it says that Kenya has only about 71 psychiatrists that are serving a population of about nearly 50 million people and a majority of them in private practices you know yes yes so when you look at the the mental health task force you find that they said that the 75 percent of kenyans cannot access mental health care so i want us to go back and look into now that whole conversation that we've actually had in terms of our culture and and look at this this is we probably growing up interpreting mental uh, mental uh, health from a uh, probably a traditional perspective or probably from a spiritual uh, perspective. Could it also be contributing towards the low number 
of people who actually medical practitioners who want to take up that particular field because if i grew up thinking hmm, mental illness is kind of has a caste kind of connotation or has a kind of witchcraft kind of connotation then the chance probably is that if i want to go to a medical school i will not take up uh, mental health as as a set whereby mm-hmm. i would want to practice because why would i want to deal with mad people by the way you are very very correct actually you are adding statement of dealing with mad people i think i was reading some research and uh, why there is that low uptake mm-hmm because there is even the general you you know the the way you have that connotation or attitude like even for you to deal with the bad people you you must be one of them eh? yeah mm-hmm. so already we have started rebelling yeah mm-hmm. then uh, let's also look at uh, in terms of uh, where we are as a developing economy remember we have mm-hmm. not embraced mm-hmm. the issue of mental health yes and uh, e- even the 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 level of uh, where before we even get to the psychiatric level mm-hmm. you start at the point of uh, maybe psychological counseling okay okay mm-hmm. which uh, will deal with uh, this uh, uh, assessment of this, uh, the psychological factor social factor environment mm-hmm. before now then now if uh, we, you are not getting a solution to this then you now go deeper to the biological mm-hmm. And that is where a lot of now psychiatry really comes in. Okay. You realize that it is easier for one to to even prescribe for medication, yeah. which is even above five thousand. Uh-huh. That rather than even visit a therapist and have a session and have a discussion of the issues going around uh-huh. one's life. Uh-huh. So from the onset, we, we I, I think as a society we have not come to appreciate that that very level of starting to to do a self assessment to know what is happening around our life, mm-hmm. because believe me, uh, uh, things affect us in a small way gradually. Mm-hmm. A stressor, something that stresses you, if you are not able to resolve that stress, you have now started building to trigger some uh, some now physical health issues. Okay. In fact, research has shown that stress causes 95, 98% of all the illnesses. Mm. So can you imagine if we are able as a society, first of all, to embrace and be able to identify what is stressing us first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By the time that stress builds maybe to ulcers, mm-hmm. we have already identified where we are. Yeah. And then now we can be able to seek that. And that means then we have removed ourselves from thinking about the tradition, thinking about the cast, but we are we are really in touch with what we are experiencing. Uh-huh. We are doing a self-awareness. What is this that has happened in my life? Uh-huh. Yeah? Yeah. What event is going on with me at every stage of my development? Because every stage also has the, the tasks or maybe the duties, the roles that one is supposed to be playing, if you are not able to achieve them, it becomes a stressor. Uh-huh. And uh, you, you, you realize like maybe like uh, the, the, the teenage is one of the stages that is feared most. Eh? Yeah. Because if a, 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 a teenage person is not able to navigate that stage and now translate from now move to adulthood, uh-huh. That, that becomes a stressor, it brings some challenges, which at the extreme can actually now get to this side of a disorder all 
a mental related issue, a psychological disturbance. Uh. So I, I think we have a gap in terms of thinking from the extremes and thinking that uh, psychological disturbance means now I'm on the extreme, now I have gone, you, you know, I've become mentally sick, I'm crazy. I think we, we need to demystify culture, make it easy to understand that uh, these uh, these disturbances are no more they are part of the life, um, life, you know, life human development. Uh-huh. What just brings the difference is how we respond to those, uh, you, you know, those uh, psychological issues. And if you are able to seek help in between before the, the issue gets to the extreme, uh-huh. then we'll be able to manage the issue of mental health. Yeah. Because the, the challenge is that by the time we are seeking help, uh-huh. we have now gone to the extreme uh-huh. of that continuum. Uh-huh. We are now at the point of even having now we have to be free on medication. It is almost like a point of no return. Uh-huh. But yeah. that thing started the wrong time. It might have even been observed in form of some behavior, what we are seeing, the abnormal uh-huh. behavior. Uh-huh. And I think also in terms of if we look into it from now, with probably different perspective, that is, we'll also have um, an increased number of health practitioners who are actually practicing it. Because then again, the also challenge is that particular one. You will find someone who's going to the hospital because they're basically stressed up or something, and then they have, um, you, you've accumulated stress, and then that is actually leading to other physical illnesses or probably headaches or something. But now you will find a medical practitioner who will actually give you medication instead of you know first trying to analyze you to understand uh, mentally what is actually happening to you. But because they do not have this particular knowledge, uh, yes. that you do not necessarily have to rush giving prescribing medication on everything a patient comes, um, or every patient that comes to the hospital. Because I think also if exactly. both ways, if if the society kind of have to understand that I can basically go to the um, uh, to the hospital because there's someone who would be there, headaches that are not ending, but we'll go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. But then find mm-hmm. a medical practitioner here who just yes. uh, prescribes medications from everything. Because if you have knowledgeable medical practitioners, I'm thinking yes. also the society would, because then would have that. Because there's that belief that when you go to the hospital, you must come back home with a whole ton of medication. A bag, prescription. And yes. the more the more you have, the more attention you are given. Eh? The more exactly. the, uh, the, the, the practitioner understood your issue. Yes, you see? So we actually, yes. I think it's a wholesome issue that probably has to be addressed, you know, from the society yeah. knowledge, both from the society and also from the medical practitioners. Yes. And and, and still at the medical practitioner and, 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 and traditions. I'm actually thinking, I was reading some research actually that was done um, here in Kenya, and there was a whole issue of traditional healing practices. And because when yes. you're talking yes. about culture, and one of the things is that, even um, I remember this, I think it was the fourth and the fifth episode of this particular mental health series. I had a conversation mm-hmm. with Elias and Leonard. They're both mental health practitioners from the Kilifi County. And, and there's yes. a lot of, uh, a huge number of people who are going to the traditional healers. And one of the mm-hmm. things I was wondering is that we as Africans, not yes. every traditional aspect is actually negative. That's, that's my perspective. How can we marry the culture, our African culture, our African knowledge, 
and the traditional healing practices that we have to address the mental health gaps that we have. Even when we are doing this uh, now, let's call it the formal counseling and all that. Eh? Mm. One of the aspects that one has to be aware of, even when you have a, a, a client, is their culture. Where are they coming from? Because you, you see, we, we said culture also has a set of beliefs. Mm. So by the time this person is coming in, you need to have an idea. Where are they coming from? What is mm. their belief system? Mm. What is a belief system that can be reinforced to help this person have a, a positive or a healing experience? Mm. So all in all, even when we are saying that we embrace or we marry them, it is already married in now the formal, the, the counseling space. Mm. Because you you cannot block the person from uh, understanding where they are coming from, their background. Yeah. The background. Mm. Yeah? Yeah. Yes. And probably what was lacking in now the traditional hearers is that knowledge. Theirs is a trial and error. Mm-hmm. If it works, well and good. If it doesn't work, it will depend on, you know, the, the now the client's way of dealing with their belief system. Uh-huh. But also, let's also remember, if this, uh, the issue, the, the, the challenge the, the person is having also has a biological background, uh-huh. at the end of the day, even if all this is done, we will still have to seek for medication. Yeah. And at times, this treatment uh, is what, what we call, it's integrated, you, you have to use medication you have to use psychotherapy and and and, and the like eh? mm. yes so, so if you leave it just at the stage of the traditional hero without the equipment the being equipped in also this psychology space then these clients some will get healed others will not because there's a referral system when you find if counseling is really not working and you have done the assessment then you refer that client now to a physical medical provider mm. yes which also could also now include the psychiatric yeah yeah i was wondering whether there is a way where both of them can actually work together the traditional healers and and uh, the psychiatrist in tandem you you, you see now unless then uh, there is um, what do we call accreditation or recognition mm. because remember the, the traditional here they are working in their own space which has not come to, to be accredited uh-huh. why do people get accredited it's so that their practice or whatever they are offering their services are recognized uh-huh. you, you you see the root of the traditional healer it is not something that is in the open and we can talk about it that openly uh-huh. yes but you see then that, that can I think there's a problem there because then again, yes. we have. Is it does it mean that we do not acknowledge our own traditional way of life, and that's the reason why people go to traditional healers in a kind of a night, and that's why it's given a negative connotation. That is why if if someone is heard that they went to a traditional healer, alienda kwamrogi went to a witchcraft. Uh, yes, because yes. we we haven't accredited it. And then there's the assumption of every traditional healer is a witchcraft or is doing something negative. Mm-hmm. But if we accredit yeah. it, if we actually saw it as a, a beautiful way of doing our own way as African society, then we are going mm-hmm. to actually have accreditation whereby if someone is accredited, there's a way of assessing this person, what they are doing, how right is it, yes. um, in terms yes. of this punishment and stuff like that. There is, But if it's not accredited, and then the other thing is actually not looked up, uh, up to as something positive, 
then you find that's that's how because there are so many people operating underground everyone operates mm -hmm. as far they mm -hmm. want but if it's accredited yes. and it is given a, some light then you would find people have to come up and do it in an upright way because my thinking is that we as africans have to appreciate where we are coming from and have to actually marry the it's it's basically kind of uh, even in the climate aspect um i find it very interesting uh, whereby indigenous knowledge and scientific knowledge mm -hmm. has to be married mm -hmm. together for communities yes. to adapt to climate issues because when we talk about climate um issues <clears throat> when you go to my, when you go to my mother she might not talk call about call it climate change you know she mm -hmm. had she has had her way of observing this how the season is going to be she has had Yes. you know and over the years it has been mm -hmm. passed down in generation and you find they have yes. rich knowledge when it comes to traditional knowledge but then we have gone mm -hmm. to school on the other side we've been told about mm -hmm. climate change we've been told about drought mm -hmm. and we've been told about scientific observation and then we go to the yes. communities because we are more learned that, than our mothers we go and tell them mm -hmm. this is how what we're going to do but you find it yes. creates a crash because we don't go there and tell them tell us what you have observed tell us what you know tell us what you think this is what we know us this is what my mother knows so we marry that knowledge together and 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 from there we come up with common solutions by which this is what the tradition the, the, the communities know this is what we as scientists know and then we find a common ground solution i, I get your your point uh, i think we shouldn't uh, actually isolated completely because it was working mm -hmm. and i think i have seen debates also for you you know recognition of also traditional medicine mm -hmm. i i am yeah. sure you have also seen yeah. it yeah uh, but uh, you you see now when we are dealing with the with the health um, issues agenda mm -hmm. we, we only maybe have just the, the the board that recognizes now the the you know the professional mm. uh, in the in the health sector mm. So I, I don't know whether now this becomes an issue of robbing yeah. or it is. Mm -hmm. Yes, because for, for it to get up to that point, there needs to be strategies to have it recognized. Mm -hmm. Yes. At the same time, when it is also recognized, you you know you also have to put away of uh, that kind of uh, inf uh, whatever accreditation the, that will be done. Mm -hmm. And of course, there is also the necessary safeguarding the interest of these clients. Eh? Mm -hmm is is also very important because we we are not saying that it is everyone who has also been practicing that understands everything sure each, each of the reports has its own gaps mm. all right Jim. we are actually running yeah. out of time but i'm so happy that you actually came on board today just please would you uh, give us your final word uh, it is good to embrace or to understand that culture also has an interplay in terms of understanding and managing mental health Uh -huh. And uh, it is important that uh, we try to see how the, the, the issue, this issue of mental health can be understood up to the very, very grassroots level, uh -huh. at the cultural level, at the core of the families, irrespective of where the, the economic status is. Uh -huh. If, we, we, are, if we, 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 we look forward to achieving that uh, a state of, uh, you know, a good mental state of uh -huh. uh, the citizen. Okay. Alright yeah. Jane, thank you so much for your time. I sincerely appreciate you coming on board. Thank right. you. Thank you. Have a lovely day. You too. Bye.
That was Jane Gitao, a social scientist explaining the relationship between culture and mental health. Remember, this series is part of the ongoing mental health and climate impact series. You can access other episodes and many more by visiting our website www.africaclimateconversations.com or through Spotify, Apple, Google, or any other channel you access your podcast. You can also write to us via email through info at africaclimateconversations.com or follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also subscribe to receive a weekly newsletter by hitting the subscribe button on our website. We are grateful to the International Women's Media Foundation's Howard G. Buffet Fund for Women Journalists, whose grant has made this series possible. Now, don't forget to join me this Thursday for an exciting series on financing change in Africa. But until then, Kwaheri. My name is Sophie Mbogwa. Inaindeshwa na Afriports.